Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, alrighty, it is indeed the WCHL podcast, and I am the commissioner. Andrew, thankfully, is not with us this week, but instead we have a very special guest, all the way from Edmond, Oklahoma, a two-time national champion with the University of Central Oklahoma Broncos, and he's now the lead broadcaster of the play-by-play extraordinaire for UCO. It's Mr. Curtis Johnson. Curtis, say hello to all the people. How's it going, Chris? Really good to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're glad to have you on. It's been a struggle to get you on, but we're glad we, we, we were chasing quality. So uh, Yeah, the schedules just didn't work out, but we're I'm here now, and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully kid, it's not the last time you invite me on. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. No, <laughs> no, you're, you can't. You, you, you're you stuck now. I mean, once you're there in, you this go. is kind of like a tar baby. I mean, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. So... <laughs> All righty, Curtis. Hey, before we uh, go a little bit further, let's let the people, the, the UCO folks know you. They know your your sure. sensual voice from every time they tune in from the Bronco barn. Uh, but why don't you tell folks about uh, all about Curtis Johnson, where you're from. I had it right. Sure. Two-time national champ, right? Two-time national champion. No big deal, yeah. Yeah, no no big deal. One, one ring for both hands. Well, for each hand. Sure. Yeah, all yeah. right. Where, where are you from? So I originally grew up in a small town in Alberta, Canada. It's called Clive, Alberta. You have to look it up. You won't know where it is. Uh, It's really close to Red Deer, sort of halfway between uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah. Um, Then I moved to Saskatchewan to play. uh, I went to a prep boarding school called the Athol Murray College of Notre Dame. Again, you can look it up. There's some pretty famous hockey players that have gone there. Uh, Curtis Joseph, Jaden Schwartz, who's in the NHL, John Cooper, Barry Trotz. So there's a couple, I mean, big time alumni. I'm not even close in that stratosphere, but uh, I went there for three years to get ready to go play uh, junior. And then I played junior B in the KI for the Chase Heat. Stayed there for three years and then made my way to Oklahoma, of all places to play hockey. Of all so, places. And, and you stayed. That's the more important thing. I did. Yeah. I, uh, as most you know, guys do, met a girl, uh, got married, have a beautiful daughter, and ended up staying around in. And so. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's, that's trouble right there. But uh, most people in Oklahoma want to get the heck out. But you, uh, you decided to yeah. want to stay. Well, I couldn't leave. I was trapped. Um. <laughs> don't tell her that. Come on. Don't let, don't no, let her no say way. that. If she asks, tell her Tell her the fat commissioner said that. All right. Well, exactly. how long have you been doing the UCO broadcast games uh, from, if, did you so, start that up as soon as you quit playing, or as soon as your eligibility was up? Uh, so I played four years for the Chose from 2015 to 2018, and then I think I started doing the broadcast. Yeah, it would have been 2019, I guess, the season, or 20, well, the COVID years. Everything gets all screwed up, so I don't remember, actually, to be honest. How, how, I think it did summer 2019, 2020, yeah. then the season was all kind of interrupted, and really, like, full season last year was kind of the first full season, I guess you'd say. Okay, how did that work out? Did they just realize that their their current broadcaster 
at the time was just terrible and we need some high quality on here. Curtis, you're the man. Did you volunteer for the I gig? I honestly don't really remember. I know that I had obviously put a bug into Coach Rivera's ear that I wanted to do it. Um, originally, when I came to school to UCO, I wanted to be a mass comm major and hopefully call the Barons games. That was kind of like I kind of all mapped it out. I was going to come do the Barons games, and then I was going to go do play-by-play for the Oilers. So that was the that was the dream at the start. Um, that was that's the priorities change. That's the Chris Westcott yeah. uh, career yeah, track, right? Honestly, I was trying to do the Chris Westcott career path. He did he did UCO games for us when he was a student, then did the Barons games, and then now he, I think he's working in New Jersey for the Devils. That's right. Um, went went from uh, the Barons to the Oilers, now to the Devils. Yeah. So I, I, again, that was kind of like, you know, career, like if everything goes great, um, obviously priorities changed and didn't work out, but I, I mean, I love doing the broadcasts and doing them on Friday and Saturday nights and this week on Thursdays. I mean, it's awesome. I love doing it. So. You, do, you do a great job. You do a great job. And well, from talking to it. listening to, you know, Curtis, it, nobody listens to this broadcast, so you don't have to worry. You can, <laughs> you can tell the truth. It's just me and you on here. We have like sure. 11 listeners. They're all from Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, in previous years I had to mute the UCO broadcast. Mm. Um, so, and, and not, not anything in particular and not anyone in particular. I just, you know, it it was a little rough listening to it. Um, nowadays when, uh, I hear the golden pipes, um, (laughs) you know, I let the volume go a little bit. So, uh, you're, you're very much appreciated. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. Um, I try to do the best I can. Obviously, I'm not a professional. I don't get paid. I do it volunteer. Um, actually, my wife helps out at the front with letting people in the door. And, I mean, we love giving back to the Broncos. And, obviously, Coach Rivera is amazing and everything that he's done for the program since taking over. And, I'm, you know, I'm just honored to be a part of it, to be honest. Very, very nice. Now, i got to ask you a question. Um, you have two championship rings. They're both about the mm-hmm. size of dinner plates. Um, do you have them on display? Are they hidden in the bottom of your closet somewhere? And I'm not asking so that we can come over and take them from you. I'm just curious. They are, uh, in the top side of my, uh, bedside, whatever you call that, I guess my bedside table. Okay. Um, they're in my top drawer. I, I don't wear them out very often. I don't think that I've worn them out. I mean, even, to be honest with you, I don't think I've worn them, worn them very often. They do come out every once in a while, the quote-unquote show-off. But, yeah, yeah. to be honest, they're uh, they're a keepsake, and I'm so thankful that, obviously, I was a part of both of those teams. And I mean a part, like the most minuscule part of them. Whatever, um, whatever. I was ride, riding some coattails to win both of them. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're there, but they don't get very – they don't get much sunlight. Well, they're, they're gigantic. It sounds like they're there to be used as a weapon in case somebody comes in the house unannounced or something. Yeah. You can just yeah, reach yeah, over yeah. to the end table and grab it. I could. Yeah, I could, actually. Never All right. That, eh? All right. Well, hey, uh, we appreciate you being on this uh, edition of the WCHL podcast. Now, now, Curtis, unlike the UCO broadcast, very low expectations here, okay? <laughs> the, my, I know Coach Rivera is very demanding. I know he has high and exacting sure. standards. Unfortunately, on this podcast, very craptastic, very suboptimal. So, uh, uh, feel free to hem and haw. We can, though, Chris. We're going to do the best job we can. (laughs) Well, of course, of course. We're not going to try to, you know, do things halfway. But I'm just trying to say no pressure. 
Okay. Hey, uh, since since we had our last podcast, um, I always like to give a little update as to uh, for the ACHA as to where Nationals is going to be in 2024. And uh, we know the dates. It's going to be sometime in early March of 2024, but we still don't know the site officially. Very unofficially. I think it's going to be in a town that has an arch and sells lots of Budweiser beer. But uh, we can't. I don't think we can say that out loud. Um, but that's very unofficial. And then for 2025, yeah, who knows? Who knows? They don't even know the dates. They don't even know the place. Hopefully they're going to figure that one out here by the end of the year. But, you know, it's the ACHA. So, Let's get, I don't even know where the 2023 is being held. Come on, is Curtis. It, you're going to be there, aren't I you? No, I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'd like to be. Marlboro, Massachusetts at the New England Sports okay. Center. It's an okay. it's an eight sheet facility. I some Ooh. people some people have affectionately called it a dump. Um, <laughs> now, you know, those are people in positions of not in positions of power. Those are people who have okay. actually been there. Um, but it's going to be uh, you know in years past when we've had nationals all in one place, it's been uh, a, ten, a ten day event. And what do we have? We've had men's one, and I think the men's three are in there at the same time. And then we clear out, and women's one and two come in, and men's two come in. This year, um, it's going to be all five divisions, all at the exact same time. Which is, yeah. It's going to be hectic. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. (laughs) I mean, I I think they want to get a a sense for... uh, Oh, like a festival type of a okay. of an event, you okay. know. But yep. you know, this is just me. I don't really care about the other four divisions. Um, sure. I just want to watch Division One hockey, and even in St. Louis, it was a great. Trust me, it was a great event in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But there were games going on next door, and I couldn't give two rips who it was. I mean, yeah. I saw them walking around in the lobby, but it wasn't Division One, so I didn't care. I mean, I saw Arkansas, Central Michigan. Who cares? You know, it, 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 nothing it didn't interest me. So anyways, 2023 Marlboro, Massachusetts, that's right outside of Boston. Yeah. Mar- it's a, uh, you can go up there and have you ever been to Massachusetts? You know what? I haven't, Chris. It's on the list. I haven't traveled very much to be honest with you. Most of the time on a bus for when we were traveling, Ooh. Uh, I'm not a big travel guy. I do enjoy being home more than I do traveling. So we just. I mean, we went to New York one year. We went to Pennsylvania on a trip. Outside of that, I haven't really traveled a lot in the U.S., to be honest. Been to Ohio twice. Yep, been to Ohio twice. Yeah, all right. Oh, there there you go. I I just knew twice because that's where you won the championship twice. Um, All right, Curtis. Well, hey, since Nationals, since we don't know where Nationals for 2025 is, we're in Massachusetts this year or this season. We're probably in a centrally located city with an arch uh, in 2024, where would you like to go? If you were commissioner for a day, where would you like to bring 2025 nationals? Oh man, that's a good question. I would like to, I think we do a lot of, again, for good reason. There's a lot more teams out East. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have it. I'd love to have it in somewhere out West. I know Oregon's got a men's one team. Uh, I mean, UNLV, maybe Vegas in that area. I think that would be unbelievable if they had the facility to host it. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see us continue to grow the game out West, which I think there's still a lot of room to grow. And again, we're a part of it, right? WCHL. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think that there's a, there's an opportunity for the league and the ACHA number one to bring more fans to the 
west side and get more schools involved this in the western part of the united states so i'm with you pick. i'm with you i'm with you i i would love to personally i would love to get it like in denver i think that would be an yeah, awesome be place cool. yeah i think that would be a good one too but uh unfortunately i think uh you're right it's probably going to be somewhere in the east the the places where i've heard that were possibly might possibly be in the running wesley chapel florida which is tampa um, okay. although, you know, who knows the hurricane just went through there. So, uh, sure. Pittsburgh is a possibility. Um, okay. and the, a, Pittsburgh is a good sports town. So yeah, nothing wrong with being in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being in Pittsburgh at all. Plus I understand they have great sandwiches there. So, you know, me, you've seen me, I like food. So, uh, I'm all in. There you go. And then, uh, there's always the possibility of St. Louis and Chicago. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, all right, but you, so I, I agree with you though. I wouldn't mind seeing it out west. Um, unfortunately, Denver's the, a good one. That's a good show. I never thought of Denver. That's a good one. Like you know, we, we brought it down to Texas, and I thought that was just a great event down there in Texas. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I'm biased. Sure. And um, close to home. Yeah, and we just got the ACHA just got killed. I mean, it was yeah. a great event, but man, what a bunch of whiners. Yeah. So, hey, we have uh, the computer ranking came out last week. In fact, we're going to have a new computer ranking come out tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday night. And Curtis, what did you expect or what did you think? What's the Curtis Johnson um, review of the first computer ranking that came out last week? UNLV was number one, Arizona State number two, Central number four. So the WCHL had one, two, and four, and we had, what, one, two, three, four more teams in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest – there's a couple takeaways. I think Adrian ranked a little bit low considering they're being they're nine and one. So I thought that was weird that the computer ranking dropped them from three in the preseason all the way down to six. Yeah. Uh, I'm obviously pumped that there's – how many did you say in the WCHL? Seven. Four. Seven teams, WHL top five, which is, I mean, that's a lot. That's a good turnout. Yep, um, yep. So, I mean, that's impressive. It shows the strength of the schools that we have in our conference, shows the strength of the schools that we play to get into nationals every year. Um, i trying to think if there's any other really big takeaways. Ohio ranked maybe a little low, to be honest, maybe. Eight and two record coming in at nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I don't think really anything stood out that was – major alarming what about you chris uh oregon coming in at number 12 was kind of a, a shocker mm-hmm. since they only played four games sure. they hadn't been ranked yeah. i was and glad independent yeah and independent yeah. and um calvin was one that uh, i thought was interesting um only because uh, being a a religious school i know that they have an issue with playing games on sunday and we, you know, as we do in the at nationals, uh, we play our sure. semifinal, our quarterfinals on Sunday. And so I thought, uh oh, uh, we might have a midnight game at nationals for the first time in in a, in a while. Well, first time probably ever yeah. since, uh, but uh, first time for sure since Calvin came in. Then we have the Calvin rule, which is if they make it to the quarterfinals, whoever's on that bracket will play at midnight on Sunday. So, wow. yeah, so that would suck. That's a little wrinkle. That's yeah. a little wrinkle. Yeah, it <laughs> makes you want to root against Calvin, doesn't it? Kind of, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, late game, holy. No I'd kidding. I'd asleep if I was trying to broadcast it. But how, how, about, how about some of the, you, you, the big yo-yoing? I mean, Utah jumps up from 23 to number 8. Colorado State jumps mm-hmm. up six spots. Grand Canyon jumps up uh, from outside of the rankings into the uh, top 22. So I was grateful mm-hmm. to see not only the strength of a conference at the top of the uh, computer rankings, but also the uh, strength of the conference throughout 
the rest of the yeah. top 25. I thought it was pretty solid and uh, a good reflection on, uh, you know, we, we try to set the standard for the conferences. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. not too uh, proud to say that I'm arrogant and uh, proud of the... And you're not biased at all? I'm not biased one bit. No, no, no. I think we got the best damn conference in the ACHA and sure. I'm proud of it. So, yeah. I, I was I was I was thrilled. Now you know a new ranking is going to come out tomorrow. I know mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of yo-yoing based on the results that we uh, of the games right. that we're going to talk about. So yeah. uh, you know I, I got to believe that uh, I got to believe we're still going to have seven teams in the top twenty-five. They're just going to be you know ju- all jumbled sure. around in different spots. And this is the first ranking too. Again, like we put stock into the rankings, but really it all comes out in the wash usually at the end of the year. Like this is just the first one. Like, I mean, sometimes like the college football playoff that came out last week. I mean, there was a lot of debate about that as well. Yep. And you know, it all evens itself out by the end of the year. So it does. The twenty teams that need to be at nationals. Typically, um, are, there. There's usually nobody that's like aggrieved that they didn't get in or whatever. Exactly, exactly. So, hey, uh, just to re- quickly recap, we have uh, UNLV at number one, Arizona State two, Central at four, Utah is eight, Colorado State nineteen, Grand Canyon twenty two, Arizona twenty five, and the nice thing with the computer is uh, versus the coaches that popularity contest that we had. The popularity contest yeah. only included the top 25 and then the, the other teams that got three or more votes. Here sure. with the computer, they rank them all one through 70. So Colorado knows that they're number 26. Missouri State knows they're number 31. I think that's a big eye-opener for Missouri State. It should be at least. And then yeah. uh, Oklahoma, you know, coming up the tail of the conference at number 47. It's still, you know, that's not good for Oklahoma standards, but it's uh, – you know, there are other conferences out there whose best team is worse than 47. So uh, mm-hmm. not, that's, you know, that's bad for uh, for the WCHL, but uh, it's good in terms of, uh, I guess, when you look at some of the other crappy conferences out there. So, Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, too, about Missouri State, Chris. We didn't really touch on them much. Um, I think with the hype and the maybe the season they had last year, I think they're obviously going to be really disappointed with that first ranking to be yeah. all the way down to 31. Yeah, I think that should be an eye-opener, and... I mean, let's, let's, we can, we can get to, let's talk about some games we can talk sure. about because I think Missouri State, uh, Missouri State uh, got their attention in more ways than one. So, but hey, let's, sure. let's start with uh, up, up there at Arctic Edge and we'll start with yeah. the non-conference games. Grand Canyon, UNLV and Utah all had the week off. So they're the big winners. They didn't have to play. They were in study hall all week. They went home, did their laundry. Um, you know, they, they didn't have to worry about hockey or anything or traveling or being on a bus. So lucky them, they got to work on their, uh, their academics. And do you think the guys at UNLV actually have academics to work on? I don't think anybody at any school has academics. Just enough to make sure you keep playing. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. You, you know, the guys at UNLV, I, I, I can expect to be out, you know, at the craps table sure. or something. But what are, what, are the, what are the folks at Grand Canyon in Utah doing? I mean, Utah, what, they're probably up in a mountain getting lost, chasing bears? Probably, yeah. Grand I mean, Canyon. Probably, maybe, maybe it snowed in Utah. Maybe they're out hitting the slopes. Yeah. Could be. Grand Canyon's out there golfing. Yeah, could be. Yeah, must be rough. They they definitely weren't studying, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, well, hey, you know, uh, two teams that uh, definitely weren't studying is uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Curtis, I was a little disappointed. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this before in previous editions of the podcast. 
not a fan of men's division one teams playing and humoring men's division two teams. And, uh, anyways, Oklahoma played Oklahoma state on Friday night at Arctic edge up in uh, Edmond. And then they went up the turnpike to play, uh, again at the BOK center in Tulsa before a Tulsa Oilers professional hockey game. And uh, it was a 6-3 to three Oklahoma victory on Friday, and it was a 5-4 to four Oklahoma State overtime stunner at the BOK Center on Saturday. Um, I think it's probably fair to say those are, I would count those as two losses for Oklahoma. Um, but uh, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think there? I mean, so if you're going to go down and play a Division two team, then you should I mean, you should handle them, and it should not be a scoreline. So to only win 6-3 on quote-unquote home ice and then to go to Tulsa and lose 5-4, I mean, yeah, not great. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. The, um, You know, I, I get what they were doing. Uh, you know, they're trying to get sure. a big gate. Um, yep. and, and trying to, to promote hockey in the state. I get it. Yep. 100%. And I also get their, you know, Oklahoma's playing the tail of their roster. But, uh, yeah, I would have stomped an absolute mud hole in, in Oklahoma State both nights, and I would not have let up. I would have put my skate right on their throat and sure. just, I mean, it would have been double digits. If, I mean, if you're going to play them and they're Division Two, then you should make it look like they're Division Two. Exactly. At this point now, it also doesn't, we talked about, like, the strength of the conference and how great the conference is and how many good teams there are, and then when you play a Division Two team and they beat you it doesn't make the conference look as good as what we just said that it is <laughs> which again 17 is in the top 25 but i mean if you're going to show you're going to beat you're going to play a division two team you you better stomp them for the good of the conference and for the rest of the league to look good yeah yeah well and and now you've given these guys some air some oxygen some breath True. and they yep. think now they think they're 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 a crap division two team to begin with and um, now they think that they can hang in men's division one. And it's, right. it, it's like, come on, you guys can barely do crossovers. Get out of here. So it's I, given them some relevance. Yeah. It's given them, like you said, it's given them oxygen. It's given them the, an identity. Hey, we beat Oklahoma last year. So they're probably going to, again, if you're OSU, you're pumped about it. You can recruit off it. You can get more players in. Hey, we're going to go to division one. Eventually we already beat OU and we're division two. Yeah. Come help us out. Yeah, and, and you know where that's going to lead. Some uh, some dumb commissioner is going to get a phone call saying, hey, we want to join your conference. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully they're going to listen to this and realize what the, the, the answer is already. So, yeah. uh, and I'll just remind people, I, no, live, in, I live in Norman, so uh, that's not In all seriousness, no, Chris, though, they'd have, if they took a stab at Division One and they started recruiting some players, like, would you be open to adding another conference or adding another team to the conference? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But, you know, we, we did it recently when we added uh, sure. Utah, Grand Canyon, and UNLV. But the, the mm-hmm. deal is, you know, nothing magical. And I try to explain this to folks who are applying for men's division one. There's nothing magical about the men's division one label. You have to act like men's division one. You have to recruit yeah. like men's division one. You have to be organized on and off the ice like a division one team. And that will get you to this level. And so, uh, everything I've seen so far from, from that program is not there. Um, and so, uh, you know, they've, hey, power to them, you know, good luck. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, if they were to get their act together and, yep. actually, you know, I'm sure, of course, we'd be open to it. And recruit, be competitive. 
you'd have to probably that would make what 11 teams in the conference right so we'd have to try to maybe add another team or just create like an unbalanced schedule or well all of the above i mean we could there's i know there are two teams out west that are just chomping at the bit to join the conference in san diego state Mm -hmm. and oregon um and so yeah i mean there's always the possibility but uh yeah I'd, i'd say right now the men's oklahoma state team is just light years away from They're that far happening. away yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the commissioner is a little bit biased so <laughs> i'm gonna have to overcome that bias that's okay yeah yeah well hey at least i'm truthful and i'll admit it right i mean i might not be True. the smartest guy but at least i'll tell you the way it is straight to your face there so, you go. or at least on his own crappy podcast Hey, um, Arizona State played down in Tucson in a non-conference game. This is one the one weekend of the 15 weekends that these guys play one another, apparently. I think they play actually eight games. Six of them are in Tucson. Two of them are in Tempe. That's crazy. When you were at UCO, didn't Oklahoma and Central Oklahoma play like more than four games a year? Mm, no, we didn't. We never did. We we. We did a good job, and when I was there, Coach Coach Mack did an unbelievable job at getting us out-of-conference games that we could fill our schedule with, right? So yep. we always went to Lindenwood. We went to Illinois. Iowa we State. Always, yeah, Iowa State. We could always go find teams, again, because we were competitive. Teams wanted to welcome us in. Yeah. We'd always go find games where we didn't have to play OU more than just the four conference games. Good. So we always played them home and away, and – uh spring semester and then once in fall semester yeah ended the semester both times yeah i, mm-hmm. I there was one point yep. i knew where or when i was involved with the oklahoma team where the uh owner of the rink was uh so thrilled with the gate that he wanted oklahoma to play and central oklahoma to play at the beginning and the end of each semester and we're like oh come on <laughs> so there were eight games and we're like oh shoot me now that's a lot yeah that's a lot that creates a lot of animosity and when I was playing too, like OU is a really good team too. Like we were competing. They would, uh, I mean, we played some close games in their rank, in our rank. Um, so I think when you play each other eight times, you just open yourself up for chaos, really. Yeah. Well, hey, there was some chaos in Tucson. Um, on Friday night, Arizona beats Arizona State. Remember, Arizona State had just come in after being ranked number two in the computer. So they were fat, dumb, mm-hmm. and happy. And then they uh, they lose to number twenty five Arizona two to one on Friday, and then Arizona just absolutely took care of business on Saturday, a four to nothing whitewashing. Uh, what stood out to you, if anything, Curtis, from both of those games? I mean, number two Arizona State losing twice in Arizona, just I mean, not not something I saw coming. Uh, Arizona State in my opinion, a better team than Arizona. I know it's harder to go on the road and win, but I don't know. It just, it seems like it wasn't competitive looking at the box score, looking at like the shots on goal, the four, nothing on Saturday jumped out to me after losing two, one the night before. Yeah. To then come out and lay an egg on the Saturday night was uh, alarming, I guess. Yeah. It was in the three power play goals for U of A. They took full advantage of all the uh, opportunities that ASU gave them. Mm And uh, the the Friday night thing was just a, a back and forth affair with a late goal scored in the third period to give Arizona the win. But yeah, the Saturday affair was just, uh, I don't think anybody was expecting uh, U of A to come out. Not that they wouldn't win, but U of A to just come out and just dominate. 
And, yeah, uh, I don't Again, know, if, especially since they they won such a close game the night before. Yeah, and Arizona comes comes out with a little fire. They're like, oh, we just gave this away. We're number two. That shouldn't have happened. You'd think on Saturday they come a little more compete, and then like you said, it was pretty much a domination for nothing. Makes you wonder if that number two went to their head, and they just thought they could show yeah. up and. Uh, Sure. Yeah, Arizona obviously had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for going from, I don't know what they were beforehand, uh, in the teens to barely ranked. They were 25, I think, in the computer right there at the end of the top 25. Mm-hmm. So they had a, uh, they were motivated, it, well, it seems. Yeah, again, like you said, computer rankings right bring out the best or, uh, you know, maybe bring out the worst in teams because they get comfy and they get the ranking on their, oh, this, we're number two, like we don't have to work as hard and, Arizona proved that that's not true. Still got to show up. Yep, yep, still got to show up. Hey, uh, so those were both non-conference series. Um, the uh, the the series that Arizona State plays at Arizona in late February, that will be the series that counts for conference purposes. So I think they play t- one time in December down in Tucson, and then they go to Tempe. Those Tempe games will be will count for uh, conference purposes, and then the games in late February, that, that'll also count. So, all right, and then we had two conference series, and we'll save the, uh, the fun one for last since you were there live in person, but two motivated teams got together at the Jordan Valley Ice Park up in Springfield, Missouri. Missouri State comes in ranked number 31. I think that was a big shock to them. Because uh, mm-hmm. they had been in the top 20 all season long, at least according to the popularity poll. And Colorado is uh, number 26. They kind of had their balloon popped a little bit um, by, uh, by the computer. They were ranked in the top 25, close around there. They were close to the end, but... You know they were they started the season on fire six and zero ran into an Oregon buzzsaw and then they uh, they took care of I think Colorado who do they take care of um, trying to think of who it was uh, they they got back on the winning uh, oh no it was UCO went up there and took care of them that's what it was mm-hmm. and so uh, Colorado and Missouri State both looking for wins and Missouri State. As we've said before, uh, at least on this podcast, man, they're great at home and just apparently they are. not so good at home. And they proved it this weekend, seven to three whitewashings of Colorado in both games on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, Missouri State, they're always, I mean, they're always good at home. They fill that rank. The fans get up for it. And, I mean, you got to bring your best when you go to Missouri State. It just do their even for us, I mean, when back when I was playing, they'd they'd give us trouble. I mean, I think the year that we won the the second time around, I think we lost both games in Missouri. Yeah, um, yep. they always bring their best. There, uh, they just get up for it. They're just more energized. They just, yeah, I don't really know other than to just they bring their best at their rink. And Colorado found out the hard way. Seven, yeah, they did seven to three both nights. I mean. Yeah, and it wasn't even uh, it wasn't even close. It was five to nothing on the first night, and then Colorado woke up in the third period. And I, I was mm-hmm. texting with the coach uh, from Colorado because he was down and out. He was kind of bummed out with how his guys performed. And I said, "Hey, just build on that third period, you know, and put it together again uh, on Saturday. Not a problem. Come get them." And next thing you know, it's uh, you know three to one, three to two. And they have another, in, instead of building in the third period on Saturday, they just absolutely collapsed. And uh, Missouri State just yeah. pumps four goals in on them. 
Yeah, the the uh, it was close throughout the whole game. Through the first, I think it was two one Missouri State, if I remember correctly, uh-huh. and then um, Missouri got another one, making it I think three one. Then Colorado got one back again, close game, and then yeah, they, they explode for four goals in the third and just kind of put it out of reach. What a deal! So uh, Missouri State gets back in the win column. Colorado's still looking for some W's, and uh, I think Missouri State is probably. I, I, last I saw, they were going to petition to play all the rest of their games at home. They were going to try to even have the road games classified as home games. If they can wear white all season long, they'll, they'll be good. I think if they if they had the opportunity, they'd do that in a heartbeat. They'd snap your hand off. If you Man, I, I tell you, they uh, they they do a good job. They pack that place out. That's for sure. They do. Yeah, I remember last year. I think uh, UCO went and played them, and they had the, the like a breast cancer awareness night too. They got the they got the ice all pink. Yeah, they do. They do it pretty good. Yeah, they've 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 they uh they have a they have a well run organization. I was talking years ago to their uh to to the guy that formed founded their their program, Stan Melton, and he said we every night we've got two games uh, that we play, uh, one game on the ice and one game in the stands, and uh, we always mm-hmm. try to win both. And uh, <laughs> his his uh, I, I think they went four and zero this past weekend because the stands look pretty full. And uh, yeah. obviously, they took care of business with a couple of seven to three shellackings. So they did. Yeah, they'll they'll do well. And then, hey, speaking of shellackings, let's get to the ones that uh, that you were at. Central Oklahoma hosted uh, number. What was Colorado State here? Colorado State was what number nineteen? I think coming in nineteen. Yeah, 19. Yeah, nineteen. So number four and number nineteen. Colorado State's been playing really well. They'd only lost two games all season long to these Broncos, and that was it. They'd beaten everybody else. And then, they, they had, yeah. And then what? Friday night, UCO just brings out the whooping stick and get, sticks it to them five to one. And then, uh, then the next night, man, well, you you can describe that one. That was a nail biter. UCO had to come back uh, from behind and uh, tie the game late and got two late, late, late third-period goals to make it a 5-3 to three game so they could sweep the series. But uh, tell me about Friday and Saturday. So we'll touch on the Friday one. The Friday one got a little crazy, got a little out of hand. The first was, I wouldn't say the Broncos were at their best. Again, you were we were talking a little bit earlier about maybe the ranking going to Arizona State's head. I think maybe a little bit crept into the Broncos on Friday. They yeah. came in thinking, oh, I'm number 19, we're number four. We don't have to give it our best effort. And I really think that showed in the first couple periods. And then it got a little chippy halfway through, and there was a <laughs> there was a brawl. There was people leaving the bench from Colorado State to go fight at Santa Rice, which was a whole, I don't even want to, I guess, debacle, just a, kind of a, crazy situation i've never actually i don't think i've ever been a part of a game where someone left the bench <laughs> to instigate a fight yeah I, not that i not that i can remember so i mean that all happened and that was i think in the third period so it kind of all got crazy uco ends up winning 5-1 and then five the 5-3 five, game on saturday again very similar um broncos were weren't at their best for the majority of the game but when it mattered, they got a five-minute major penalty. Uh, Colorado State took a penalty that they probably shouldn't have. Um, and the Broncos' power play this year has been money, and they made them pay. So they got three goals on that power play and then win the game 5-3 after being down 3-2 with, if I want to remember, like three and a half minutes left or something like that. Yeah, it, w- it was late. 
it was late in uh yeah that power play okay. got going uh, alexander ovechkin oh i'm sorry uh vitaly mikhailov he sets up on the opposite circle that ovi does uh, does, but yeah. his, his his blast is just as lethal. Holy smokes! He ripped one in uh, to give them the lead with what uh, ten seconds left in the game. After who? No, he tied he tied the game up. That's what it was. And then Gara got the Gara's the one. I get my ninety ones and my nineteens mixed up. Yeah, Vitali scored the one timer where Ovi sits. That was the game tire. That was about three and a half minutes left, I think. Yeah, and then Dubeki scored one to put us ahead. No, Guerra scored to put us ahead, and then Dubeki got the empty netter with the. He kind of cleared it down, and went off the went off the uh, boards, and trickled in with like a second left or something. Like yeah, that. I mean, oh, I, I was afraid they weren't going to count it. Um, as an <laughs> yeah, empty netter. it was rolling pretty slow. Yeah. Jeez. So so yeah. So the Broncos come away with two uh, with with two wins, but I tell you what, Colorado State. Um, other than accumulating a lot of DQs for both teams, uh, sure. Colorado State, I think, proved that they can hang with uh, with the big boys in the conference, and I think they, they laid down a marker. Because, yeah, they did because on Saturday, they were, from the games before, they were missing two of their leading scorers. I think yep. uh, two of their guys were included in those DQs that had, I think, might even be leading their team in points, and then they came out and were leading, again, a lot of the game on Saturday night. So, And again, their only four losses are to UCL, so I think that they're, uh, they're somebody to look out for in the conference to play spoiler along the way for some of these other teams. Absolutely, and I think they can hold a spot in the, uh, in the top 20 and hold a reserve a spot for Nationals if they, if they keep playing well. They're going to have a chance this weekend. They're going to host Arizona. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, if you just look at the other teams on this side of the conference that, they've, that they're going to have to play, they've got to go to Missouri State, and they've proven mm-hmm. – I mean, we know we just talked about how good Missouri State plays in Springfield, but sure. Colorado State, yep. Colorado State can can they they hung with UCO, they can hang with Missouri mm-hmm. State in in Springfield. They, Colorado State has to come back to play Oklahoma, uh, and that should be. I'm not going to say it's an easy W, but you would think the Colorado sure. State would prevail, and mm-hmm. then uh, CU CSU's rivalry game. Uh, you know, they've got an opportunity there to uh, take care of business. Um, yeah. I think they're they're set up pretty well, but yeah, let's hey let's talk Friday night three thirty eight to go. It's a five to one hockey game. Game's over, um, and well, I guess it's not uh, five. It's it's four to one, wasn't it? One two three. Yeah, it was four to one at the time. Mm-hmm. Three thirty eight to go, and all hell breaks loose. Um, yeah, someone I think number twenty two for. Uh, 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 for Colorado State, got cross-checked in mm-hmm. the back. He took umbrage against it and went after, was it UCO 61? Yep, and, Yep. Yep, and then uh, so and then everybody paired up, and, you know, the officials did the best they could, but it was a three-man crew, and, and yep. it was just wild. And so 61 and 22, 61 was just ragdoll in 22. <laughs> yeah, he had his jersey over his head. And he, yeah, and, yep. that, and it happened right in front of the Colorado State bench, and so there were actually two guys that left the Colorado State bench, uh, number 23, uh, Leo Billick, and another kid, number three. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this name. It's Max DeBerardinus. Um, I'm probably putting an emphasis on the wrong part of his last name, but he's number three. Uh, yep. in, in those, so anyways, number 23 made the mistake of challenging uh, UCO 61 again, Hemming. And so after yeah. Hemming took care of, 
uh, Colorado State's 22. He laid the wood to uh, Colorado State's 23 again at center ice. And uh, Yeah, so that was not a fun night to be the commissioner. Uh, three guys from each team uh, got fight DQs um, for their uh, uh, for their actions in the game. And then, obviously, there were a lot of phone calls at 1 and 2 in the morning and a lot of text about, uh, with a lot of video clips about who did what when. And um, so there was some supplemental discipline that was laid out earlier this week where, uh, yeah, 61... So UCO 61 ended up getting two DQs because he had two fights. Um, Colorado State's uh, 23 ended up with uh, two DQs because he left the bench, which is an automatic DQ, and then he fought, which is another DQ. So both of those guys have to sit out the next three games since DQs accumulate. And then, uh, like I said, Colorado State's number three, um, he he you know that's kind of he left the bench on Friday, but we didn't have clear video of it until Sunday. So he mm-hmm. was afforded the benefit of the doubt. He got to play on Saturday, and in fact, he scored two of the three goals. I think for uh, he, Colorado he State, he did. Yeah. He did. I remember saying his name. Yeah. I I don't believe uh, Coach Rivera was very happy with the commissioner because of that. So, um, anyways, uh, a lot of supplemental so discipline. So what happens to him, Chris? What happens to him because he plays on Saturday? Does he have to sit more games or explain it to you know even? Somebody that doesn't know who just has to call the games. What he, happens with this supplemental discipline? He the supplemental <laughs> discipline. He gets he got leveled with a DQ, so he's going to have to sit out the first game that uh, CSU plays against Arizona on Friday. Got and it. so it was not a. Uh, it, had he been had he been issued a DQ by the officials on Friday mm-hmm. and still played, then we'd be having issues. But this was a supplemental got thing. It. So it was. Yep. Uh, there's there's no harm, or I shouldn't say no no extra penalty involved because it was not of his doing. Got it. You may have gotten more. You got, may have gotten more text from Coach Rivera if he scored two goals and then they had women. So. <laughs> you think? You think? Holy smokes! Yeah. But what a fun night! And uh, yeah, was. that was. I'm telling you, I I've talked to more guys at one in the morning on uh saturday morning than i cared to in uh in in a long time that was no bueno so it was a late game too we didn't uh because of the game before yes we didn't puck drop till 8 45 so it was a late one oh that's right it got over around midnight oh yeah. And, and you know it's a it's a four to one game you're you're getting your butt Uh kicked why are you wasting your time hit you know just getting into a fight with these guys and you know the, there's a huge part of me that just wanted to especially wanted to grab 61 and I'm, i realize i'm not on the ice i'm just you know the dummy sure watching it from the out on the outside of the rink or from home in this instance and i'm like dude you're winning four to one you got three minutes to go just mm-hmm. you know laugh at them hold your arm out point to the scoreboard walk away sure you know, yeah. It's it's easy to say. It's easy to be the Monday morning quarterback and say that. It is, yeah. But uh, especially when someone's running their mouth or someone's charging right at you. But sure. uh, I, yeah, I just could not believe with three minutes to go in a really good game. It was a great game. It was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, oh well, hey, what you going to do? It is what it is. It happens. It, it happens. happens. Yeah. So let's hope that was the one for this season. <laughs> there you go. Only the one, the only one that you have to stay up till one in the morning. Well, yeah, I don't mind staying up till one, but it's, it's talking to everybody in this. I mean, holy, my phone was ringing off the hook. 
It was just crazy. So we'll, I was like, come walk on. Us, walk us through that. Come actually, what do you have to talk to? Tell the listeners. Uh, you have to talk to. You got to review video. What is the like process, quote unquote, look like? The, the, the process was I talked to the, uh, uh, the referee that was on the ice. He called me as he was leaving the rink to uh, just it. walk me through what he saw and what he didn't see and if he called things the right way. And then, uh, obviously, I went back and watched the, the video. I saw it live, happen live on, on your broadcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to slow it down about 100 times to see if somebody <laughs> did indeed jump off the bench. Mm -hmm. um, or if this was just, um, you know, if, if this was just, you know, like a line change or, you sure. know, what happened. And then, um, yeah, I had to consult with the men's division one commissioner who's in Detroit, had to consult with the ACHA referee in chief who's in Philadelphia. So they're already an hour ahead of me. And then, yep. then we have a local, uh, official who, uh, can't get on the ice for, uh, uh, obvious reasons anymore. Um, at least sure. he's trying. So I lean heavily on chip XL and, uh, he was at the game. And, uh, so I sent him a video and he sent me a video. Um, so we kind of, in, in fact, the video that he had was from the other side of the ice. So I could get a clearer view of, and actually see who, who actually jumped off of the ice off of the bench. And then so uh, had a video from like watching it. He was at the game and pulled out his phone. Did he? That's correct. That's correct. Oh, and so, and, 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 you know, then we had to, again, slow it down, uh, watch it uh, about four or five more times to see did anybody else uh, come off the bench, in particular from UCO. There's, from the angle of your broadcast, uh, a linesman takes, um, if you just look at it, there's a point yep. in time where UCO number eight skates in from the left, and you're like, hey, did that guy just skate off the bench? So I had to rewind it to make sure, and I right. saw where a linesman escorted him. It looked like either to the box or the bench, and Chip's video cleared it up when I actually saw that later, that it was uh, he got escorted to the bench, and then he just he stayed on the ice, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a Charlie Fox shot. Um, it was a cluster, huh? It was a cluster. <laughs> So, yeah, and then I had to, once I kind of, I, I talked with uh, the, so that was Friday night, Saturday morning. I was at the rink on Saturday and uh, talked with both coaches and kind of told them which way I was leaning in terms of what was coming. So the supplemental discipline that was handed out wasn't a surprise. I was just waiting to uh, get some confirmation from uh, some higher ups, specifically the Ed Giacomucci, our referee in chief. And uh, Brian Moran, the men's division one commissioner, that they concurred with what I saw because I didn't want to. The last thing I wanted to do was to um, issue something and then have them come back and say, "What? Oh, I, I, yeah, right. these these guys were just hugging. What are you doing?" Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I was on solid ground, and uh, they confirmed it. So makes sense. Yeah. Tough to be a commissioner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's why we get paid the big bucks, right? There you so, go. Hey, let's do this, Curtis. We're gonna. I'm gonna hit a. Uh, I'm gonna hit a button or two. Gonna hear a horn, and then let's come back and we'll uh, talk about the games coming up and get some predictions out of you. Sound good? Sounds good, Chris. Here we go. Like none of these donkeys even dip, bro. These chumps even chew, bro. Like none of these dunces has ever had a dinger. These losers never had a lipper, bro. Like chill out, have a chalk. Peace out, have a pull. Have a hogger. Have a danger. Have a hammer. Say hello to Sergeant Spinner, boys. First Perna. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, 
Let's do that hockey. Yeah, Chance the Rapper. Let's do that hockey. All right. We had uh, two conference series, and uh, as a result, uh, we had a little movement in the WCHL standings. Uh, Curtis Johnson, Central Oklahoma Broncos, now leading the pack in number one position with 18 points. Six games played, six wins. That's not too shabby. No, not shabby at all. Six from six, 100% ranking. Uh, I mean, it looks good. The Broncos are doing what they're supposed to do, take care of business. Uh Obviously, come in with high expectations for the season after finishing runners-up last year to a really, really good Lindenwood team. So, I mean, we're doing what we're supposed to do, checking every box. Just take every game as it comes, right? There you go. There you go. I like it. Utah is number uh, two in the conference right now with 14 points. Missouri State, with their two wins over Colorado, they vault all the way up from the seventh spot to number three. They have 13 points. And then we have a log jam at uh, the fourth spot with Three teams tied at number four, Arizona State, Colorado, and UNLV. Then after that, it's Grand Canyon, Colorado State, Arizona, and Oklahoma coming up the rear of the conference. They have zero points right now. So, uh, yeah, but the fun part is this week, every conference team is in action, and all the games are conference games. Curtis, do you have your prediction hat ready to go? Are you ready to make some prognostications? I can try. Don't exactly call me, you know, Swami or whatever, but we'll give it a rip. <laughs> All righty. Hey, on Thursday night, Grand Canyon comes in. Grand Canyon, well, you know what, here. Grand Canyon right now is 22. They'll, they'll be, I've, I've seen, I've had a sneak peek at the ranking. They'll be in the top 25 somewhere. Um, they're going to come in and play UCO on Thursday night. Grand Canyon at UCO. Grand Canyon's going to pull an old WCHL weekend. They're going to play three games in three days. Um, because after they play UCO on Thursday, they're going to play Oklahoma. What do you think is going to happen, Curtis, on Thursday night, Grand Canyon against USEO? I think Thursday night is going to be a good game. My prediction is going to be a UCO six to one. Whoa, that's, that's a my, that's my prediction. Wow, yeah. I was expecting like a five three type of a thing like this no, Saturday. I'm thinking. Huh. I'm thinking 6-1. I think UCO is going to come out flying on right. a Thursday night. All right. All right. Well, hey, they're, they're going to be motivated, that's for sure. Um, then the next night, Grand Canyon takes on Oklahoma. In the, the wild thing is these will be doubleheaders at the Arctic Edge Ice Arena, the, uh, the hub of college hockey in Oklahoma City, Ar- Arctic Edge. Uh, Grand Canyon at Oklahoma. Come on. I know that you're going to say Grand Canyon's going to sweep Oklahoma. What do you think? They are. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're going to bounce back after we beat them on Thursday, and then they're going to beat OU. Is it going to be close Let's or ugly? See. No, I think I think it could. I think the first one will be close, and then OU will be sad because they lose Friday, and then they'll lose bigger on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know the exact score, but I say they lose more on Saturday than they do on Friday. Close and then ugly. I like that. Okay. Yep. And then in the nightcap, the uh, the main event of the evening there at Arctic Edge will be number two, Arizona State. They'll be in the top ten, but they won't be number two. Uh, was coming to town. They're going to take on UCO at the Bronco Barn. Do you do you like calling it the Bronco Barn or do you like Arctic Edge? What do you like? You know what? I'm not. Really, I'm kind of partial to Bronco Barn. I kind of like it to be All honest. Right. I like the big signage that they have there. That, when, it's that pretty you guys, nice, eh? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I know. I wish they would tape up those damn banners so we can actually see the scoreboard every now and then. But um, yeah, that is true. It's just we've won so many times, Chris. There's too many banners in the way of the it, camera. Kind of, kind of. You know, too many rings. I can't hear you. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 
Exactly. Too many rings, too many banners. It's just, you know, it's hard being the best, I guess. ASU at UCO, take the, the second best right now, taking on the best. What do you think is going to happen there? These games are going to, there's going to be tough to call. They're going to be good games and they're going to be probably pretty close. I'm thinking maybe a 5-3 game. UCO is going to sweep the weekend. Let's, you know, let's cut through it. UCO is the best team. Yeah. We know that. Okay. They're going to win 5-3 and then 4-2. 4-2. Hey, two goal games in both. That's that's not bad. No blowouts. Maybe an empty netter in one of them. No, I think they'll be close. I think... I think ASU is a good team, and they'll be motivated after getting their butts beat by AS, uh, Arizona. Yeah, I think so too. I th- I think they've probably had this weekend circled on their uh, calendar for a long time. So I, I wouldn't th- doubt it. I and think, I, yeah, and UCO is going to have to bring their best. They can't play like they did for maybe large parts against CSU because if they do that, I think ASU can definitely beat us. There's there's no doubt. Yeah, I think if they do what uh, what happened on Saturday night, where they mm-hmm. basically let CSU kind of take the control of the game for the first what 40 sure. 45 minutes then yeah. yeah asu's gonna gonna walk away with the w there but okay so, you, I think so curtis is calling for a uco sweep yep then we have uh unlv the number one team in the nation is going to head up to take on the buffs at the cu boulder rec center what do you think i mean how ugly is that going to be do you think i do think unlv will sweep I don't know if it'll be ugly because going to Colorado every once in a while, they pull out something. Yeah. I don't think that Colorado will get anything out of the games, but I do think they could keep one of them close, closer okay. than you think. Maybe like okay. it won't be uh it won't be nine, one both games or something like that. I'm thinking maybe a six to four type of score or maybe a six, three wow. one of the nights. And then I could see it maybe maybe one of the games getting out of hand being seven two or something like that. All right, all right. UNLV's the the number one team in the nation. I think they're pretty solid at that spot. So uh, yeah, I I think they're gonna they, and they haven't been playing the, the last games they played were against Arizona State two weeks ago. Yeah, so they had that little extra layoff too, fresh legs. Mm-hmm. You know what? Maybe I'll go back on my prediction. Maybe they do beat them, but both times pretty good. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, maybe they'll get distracted going to Colorado because it's uh, maybe. you know, that thin air and that uh, the wacky sure. tobacco and uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you never know. They might imbibe. So okay, uh, Arizona is going to go up to Colorado State to Fort Collins, and they're going to take on uh, the Rams. They're at, uh, they're coming off that big sweep of, of ASU. Colorado State's licking their wounds. Uh, what's going to happen? This is going to be a good little matchup because Arizona right now I is think, what twenty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I, yeah, Arizona is currently twenty five, and Colorado State's nineteen. So they're probably two of the closer teams in the conference, depending on what happens with the computer this week. I could see Arizona getting the game up there, to be honest. Maybe splitting. Okay. All right. I, mm. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Colorado State plays well at home, and like we said, they've only lost to UCO. They've beaten yeah. all comers except for uh, UCO. So I could see a split, but I could see also Colorado State after playing the way that they did. But with their DQs, maybe they got some bodies down. This week, I don't know, maybe they lose Friday but bounce back Saturday. All right, so, so you're saying a split. Yep. And then the, then the last uh, the last game, the conference game, Utah, the skating Utes are coming all the way from Salt Lake City to Scenic Spring, Vegas, to take on the Ice Bears at the Jordan Valley Ice Park. We just got through talking about how well Missouri State plays at home. Will that mm-hmm. trend continue? 
I think it will. I think Missouri State will win both of them. Wow. Okay. A little bit of yep. uh, bulletin board material there from Curtis. So the uh, Utes. What I think. Yeah, that's not bad. All right. So just to recap really quick, you're basically saying UCO is going to sweep the weekend by taking uh, two off of UCO. I mean, two off of Grand Canyon, one off of Grand Canyon. See, this is the suboptimal part of the podcast, Curtis, <laughs> where I can't read because I'm an idiot. So, yeah, well. all right. So UCO is going to beat Grand Canyon and then sweep ASU. You say Grand Canyon is going to take care of Oklahoma, and UNLV is going to take care of Colorado, Arizona, and Colorado State. You say they're going to split, and Missouri State's going to sweep Utah. Those are my predictions. Again, I'm not swami. You know, this is the first crack at it. So if I am way wrong, don't go to your betting stations taking <laughs> the puck line or the money line because, you know, who knows? Yeah, for entertainment purposes only, right? Exactly. Bet responsibly on the games. Bet responsibly. All right, Curtis. At the beginning of the season, when I started off with my buddy Andrew and then with Anita Suchia, I asked them to give me a final four. Who's going to be in the semifinals at the ACHA Nationals? So I'm going to lay. This is going to be the hardest part. Well, well, that's okay. No No one's listening. I mean, you could talk about. They might. I know that you're going to say Central Oklahoma is going to be there. UCO is going to be there, and I think my teams are going to be Minot State. They're always good. Solid. They're stingy. They play good. Adrian, I think, is a really good team. They're usually pretty good. And then I think think we might have two WCHL teams. I think UNLV and us are both going to be there. UNLV is pretty salty, aren't they? They are. They yeah. are pretty salty. Yeah, yeah. I think I, that, that's a pretty solid Final Four right there. So I think Adrian, yeah, I don't know. Adrian, Minot, UNLV, UCO. Eh, can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong there. I, uh, I, I think, I think I had. You know what? If I could, if I was prepared, I would look through you my. Go back and listen to. Oh, yeah, I go yeah. back and read my notes, and because uh, mm. I'm pretty, I know I had UCO and UNLV in there. Um, okay. I just can't believe that I had. Uh, I thought I had Liberty in there. Um, just Ooh, they're off to a bad. They're off to a bad start. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here, here we go. Here's what the dummy had. Um, I had Liberty. Oh no, yeah. Here I had UNLV, UCO, Liberty, and Stony Brook. That's what I had. Andrew okay. had UCO, UNLV, Minot, and Liberty. And then Anita, if I remember right, she had UCO, UNLV. Minot and somebody else. Um, oh, God. I forget who. It, it wasn't Adrian, though. But uh, anyways, pretty close. Well, I think we're all go. in. I think we're all all consistently saying that UCO and UNLV will be there. Yeah. So either somebody will be disappointed or we'll be getting paid the big bucks. Yeah, that's the truth. Take this one to the money line, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. We'll go to Bohegan Sun up there and uh, try to cash in all of our chips. There you so, go. All right. Uh, so that's the ACHA Final Four. Curtis, uh, I didn't ask. You You said earlier that you were from uh, uh, Alberta, and then you moved uh-huh. to Saskatchewan, somewhere between uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Um, yep. And so I, I didn't ask what your NHL team is, but uh, I think we're going to sure. get a I think we're going to get a little preview here because I'm going to ask who do you think will be the two teams playing for the Stanley Cup this season? And, and I'll tell you, in in my I said Boston and Colorado. 
Um, wow. Yeah. Not bad, Chris. Well, hey. Just, I'm, I mean, I, yourself a dummy. That looks pretty good out the gate. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just partial. Um, Anita pulled Boston and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And Andrew, I believe, went Vegas and Tampa Bay. Okay. So Vegas. I, I got yeah, I know, but see, I think they're a little, I don't know. I'm not sold on Vegas. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with my heart here, even though lately they want to, they want to skid, but we went, did win tonight against the lightning. I'm an Oilers fan. Uh-huh. I've been born and raised. My dad grew up in the eighties that, you know, the glory days of, you know, Wayne and Mark and all this cups. I haven't seen a cup since I've been alive, you know, tough being an Oilers fan. Yeah, <laughs> decade yeah. of darkness when we were terrible but i think mcdavid is on a mission this year and he's going to take us to the cup final okay win us a cup oh man and then out east oh man the east is such a crapshoot because there's so many good teams there are some good teams there are some really terrible teams too right i mean detroit's terrible chicago's no sure. toronto yeah. toronto's toronto so yeah, Toronto get get past the first round. Yeah, man, I think, and this is just chalk. I think Carolina okay. they do a good job. They take the puck away. I think Carolina can maybe make some noise. Either Carolina or the Rangers because they're really goalie. okay. Yeah, right. Shesterkin's pretty solid. Look at you! So All right, I'm gonna go with Oilers and Rangers. Oilers, Rangers. So, pick or not, so you, but, yeah, yeah. So you're taking off Carolina. Okay, so Oilers and Rangers. Yep, that's what uh, I'm going to That's not bad. Hey, well, it's, uh, I, I like that. You know, it's tough for me to root for uh, the, the Hurricanes at all, the former Hartford Whalers. Um, yeah. So, right. you know, it's, I just always think of the, the, the green and, and white whenever I see, you know, Carolina. Even though it's been, what, 20, 25 years, I'm like, oh, come on. That's Hartford. They suck. So It's tough to root for Carolina, too, because they broke my heart in 06 when we went on a magical run to the cup final and lost in game seven in Carolina. Ooh. Yeah, it was tough. That right. was that was the we were eight seed, so that's been the best hockey I've ever seen as an Oilers fan. Okay, but at the end of it, the uh, Notre Dame alumni where I went to high school ended up winning. So uh, Rod Brindamore is an alumni of Notre Dame. So oh, look at he's you coaching there now and dropping I mean, names. Cool, I guess man, yeah. it must be fun to go back to your, your high school reunions with all these uh, big wigs and uh, NHLers and uh, superstars, huh? Yeah. You're going to make me feel old, Chris. My 10-year was last year, and I never got to go. It's all canceled because <laughs> of COVID and all that stuff. But, yeah, 10 years ago. Ten, old now. 10 years. Uh, don't, don't, I'm sorry to make you feel old. I'm, mine was, uh, what's this, 22, so 84. What's that, 16, 38 years. So, yeah, don't oh, don't you worry. You've, you don't worry. You're, <laughs> I'm, you're, just, I'm just getting started. You're just yeah. getting started. Don't worry about it. you got plenty of time. It, plus, high school, is, high school reunions are so overrated anyways. That's true. I mean, you're yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to be friends with these people no matter what. You don't need to have a reunion to go back and uh, exactly. pull out your wallet and show it how show people how thick or thin it is or show them what kind of car you're driving or what kind of wife or uh, husband you have. So It'll be more fun to have college reunion with all the buddies that we won two national championships. There you go. That'll be better. You can break out all those college rings. So there we go. All right, Curtis, this is the part of the terrible podcast where we uh, talk about nothing. Um, any, <laughs> any books, any movies, any TV shows, anything that has flipped your lid, caught your attention recently, anything, any, you know, great food, anything that you have, anything Man, that uh, well, just makes Curtis Johnson go, hmm, yeah, that was pretty good. 
I am pretty lame, so we I don't do a whole lot <laughs> other than work and call UCL broadcasts, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but my wife and I did recently watch House of the Dragon on HBO. That what do you, what do you uh, think of that? I thought it was pretty good. We binged it all, what was that? UCL was off last weekend. Yeah. Or they, or they weren't at home, so we binged it all Sunday. Watched all nine episodes in preparation for the new one to come out. I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. Oh my gosh, wow. Nine episodes. They're like an hour long yeah. each, aren't they? We were going crazy. Yeah. Again, I don't do anything, Chris. So I'm, you know, telling all the people up there that, you know, <laughs> but whatever. Oh, that's, that's. It was a fun Sunday. It was good. Good. Very good. Yeah. Those, those hour long episodes always scare me off. And I think that's because yeah. I have a short, very short attention span. <laughs> so when I see like an episode that's, uh, uh, you know, 20 minutes long, 30 minutes long, I'm like, well, I can do that, you know? And then sure. I end up doing, you know, like 10 in a row not realizing i just sat for nine hours but when i see something that's you know 50 minutes you know 70 minutes i'm like oh my god i'm gonna have to have a bathroom break and i'm gonna have to have i can get so much done but then you think yeah but it's sunday i don't need to get much done there you so, go yeah, yeah we, did, we didn't it was a good sunday good very very good all right curtis well listen uh we appreciate you being on this uh, edition of the wchl podcast you've the reason i can i true confession time okay I've been sure. told many, 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 many times um, that I'm not a hockey guy. Um, okay. And so, and that I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, people have just okay. dismissed, uh, and especially at the at that other rink here in Oklahoma City, they said, no, nah, yeah, you're yeah. not a hockey guy. What the heck do you know? And Andrew's kind of the same way. They say, oh, you're not a hockey guy. You didn't play. You don't, you, you don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> when the opportunity presented itself to have a hockey guy on a sure. hockey podcast... I was like, this is a no-brainer. The guy can talk. He's intelligent. He can actually bring some intelligence and some hockey analysis to our uh, craptastic little podcast here. And so I was thrilled and excited when the opportunity arose. And um, I'm, I'm just very grateful that you were able to uh, slide us in to, uh, yeah. to your busy, busy, busy schedule between work and UCO. In sure. uh, in Game of Thrones or what is it, House of the Dragon? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're glad to finally have a hockey guy on the podcast. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. I have been looking forward to it for a long time. Honestly, I know we haven't been able to connect, but I wanted to be able to come on again, give some insight, maybe a couple, you know, picks here and there. People can go gamble on it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I I appreciate it. I know that uh, last year you said some really very nice things that you didn't have to say just about like the quality of the broadcast when I'm on and uh coach Rivera sent me the link and just said oh you know he, he he was yeah he, I mean he was letting me know like hey people appreciate it you're doing a good job and it it feels good to be appreciated it feels good to um put uh you know a material out there that the fans in Canada can watch that the you know, the moms and dads and everybody that maybe tunes in or doesn't tune into the YouTube page to watch our game. So, um, I appreciate you reaching out and letting me come on. And I, I mean, this is awesome. We just spent an hour talking about hockey and there's nothing better than that. So got that right. Especially in the ACHA level, because, uh, as you know, all too well playing for the love of the game, you're actually paying to play hockey and yeah. true student athletes. There's no scholarships involved. There's, I mean, it's it's the true. You're playing for the love of the sport. You're playing to represent your yeah. university. And 100%. I don't think that uh, ACHA kids, especially at the Division One level, 
uh, get near enough credit. And so that's what this podcast is designed for, at least to shed a little light on the kids and uh, give them some recognition because otherwise, you know, everyone thinks this is, you know, club hockey. Oh, it's like, you know, tiddlywinks or Quidditch or, you know, something stupid like that. And it's the real deal. I mean, this is big time college hockey. It might not have the NCAA in front of it, but it's, Sure. You know, it's just as competitive. It's just as high quality, especially at the yeah. Division One level. Maybe those jokers at the Division Two and Division Three levels aren't the same. But um, this there's is... a lot of players in the ACHA that could 100% play NCAA. Yep. I, I mean, I played with some of them, and the ACHA doesn't get a lot of recognition. You know, people sometimes sneer at it when you say it's club hockey or whatever. But I mean, I played it, and there are a lot of good hockey players in the ACHA. Yep. So. Yep, I told anyone that would listen, I took any one of my teams out of the WCHL and I'd put them up against any NCAA D3 team, any day, mm. any time, any yeah. place, let's go. Yeah. Now, I know, 100%. I realize that, you know, SUNY Plattsburgh and Wisconsin River Falls will probably, you know, sure. beat our pants off, but <laughs> we can take care of St. Mary's, we can take care of the Marians of the world, we can take care of the Curry Colleges and, you know, yeah. all the, the St. Thomas Norberts and... Gustavus Adolphus sure. and all that, you know, I'd, I'd give me a central Oklahoma, Colorado and Arizona, a UNLV, a big brand name where you can go play yeah. competitive college hockey on a national level and get a great college experience as opposed to yeah. riding the bus throughout, you know, rural Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I loved the four years that I got to play. And like I said, on the intro or whatever, I love being able to call the broadcast and, um, like I said, it was something I wanted to do as a career, so to get to do it, and again, I thank Coach Rivera for giving me the opportunity to let me do it. It's uh, it it's uh, it's it's awesome. It's fun. I love doing it, and uh, yeah, like I said, I love being on this podcast with you. And hopefully, there's more to come. There will be more to come. If you'll have me, we'll have you back. We'd love to have it. Sweet. All right. Well, hey, listen. Um, Curtis, we appreciate you being on. If for folks that want to listen to the uh, Western CHL or pay attention to it, there's a crappy website on westernchl.com. Hopefully, it'll get updated sometime soon. But follow us on Twitter at Western CHL. The WCHL podcast is also on Twitter at WCHL Pod. I'm on Twitter. You'll probably get nothing but uh, political junk. Well, maybe not after tonight since the elections are over. But political junk and fart jokes and junk like that on uh, my Twitter at CJP in OKLA. Curtis, you're not on Twitter. You're too busy, right? I am on Twitter. That doesn't mean that I tweet, Chris, but I do have a Twitter account. Oh, let's hear it. The Twitter handle is at KJohnny09. At K Johnny H N N Y zero nine. There you yeah. go. So you can follow Curtis if you want and pay attention. Listen to Curtis and his golden tones on Thursday, Friday, Saturday as he calls games live from the bar- Bronco Barn on the UCO Hockey YouTube channel. And uh, Curtis, listen, I appreciate your patience with me and appreciate you being on. Let's uh, let's put a wrap to this thing and get the heck out of here. What do you say? All right, Chris, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to jumping on more with you. That works. Everybody be safe. We'll see you at the rink. Take care.